You're listening to Dingin' Out, a podcast about wasting time in awesome ways. My name is David, and you can find me terrorizing the streets of Gotham as Sandbox Quint. On today's episode, we talk a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV's expansion, and of course, Batman Arkham Knight. But beware, spoilers are abound. Today's recording date is Tuesday, July 7th. This is episode number six. Alright everybody, welcome back to the show. Hope you all had a nice couple of weeks. I definitely did. Finally starting to recover from the mayhem that was E3. And it's good to be back to normal. Back on our normal schedule. Although I'm in Southern California and oof, it has been hot out here. But it's all good. So I'm going to jump right into this. Final Fantasy XIV's expansion. Everything that I've read about it seems that it's just amazing. People are loving it. Saying not only is it a great story for an MMO, it's a great story for games, period. So why haven't I been able to see this yet? I kinda got, I'm kind of annoyed right now with Final Fantasy XIV. And, you know, it, this can be chalked up to my own fault, I suppose. Just in the fact that I kind of lost interest in the game a little while ago. I had plenty of time to get completely caught up and ready for this expansion. I just got distracted by other things. But, but here's my issue. The expansion's out. You can't actually go into the expansion until you've completed all the preceding story elements. And that is fine because it's, it's one continuing story arc. And that's cool. I like that. What I don't like and what I can't stand is content gating. And that is one thing, one of the few criticisms I have about Final Fantasy XIV is the fact that they gate so much content in that game. Um, and it's mainly has to do with like eye level stuff. Now I understand, you know, in the game proper, yeah, you should make sure that you are gear wise, you are prepared to go and take on whatever challenge you're going to be going in for. Uh, so you're not holding other people back because it is a multiplayer game. So you want to make sure that you're ready to go. Although I feel like in the, in a story, if you're just playing through the story, I feel like those rules shouldn't apply as opposed to, uh, you know, going in for rating or something like that. But the problem with Final Fantasy is what they do is they incorporate dungeons and instances into the main storyline. And a lot of those dungeons and instances are, are, are hidden behind item level gates. So my most recent issue is that I think I was item level 80. I think I was item level 80 and I need to be item level 90 to get to the next part of the story. If I was a tank, this wouldn't be a problem because for tanks, well, let me say why, why this is an issue. Because the only way you can raise your item level once you're at this point of the game is basically by dungeon grinding. You have to get these tombstones of poetics or get uh, the dropped gear out of dungeons in order to raise your item level. For a tank, this is not a problem. Uh, tanking cues are pretty much instant. Healing cues are a lot faster than DPS, not as fast as tanks. And if you're a DPS player uh, like myself, you can sit in a queue for an hour. And so when you're looking at like a gap of like five or ten 
item levels just to complete the next quest in the main storyline. Like, I'm almost done with the main storyline. I'm, I'm on the last chapter. You know, so it's just it's just getting to that point, you know, uh, getting to the item level. Now, for me, this is probably going to take, like, man, this could be, like, two days worth of dungeon grinding just because I have to sit in a queue for a half hour, 45 minutes on average uh, to get into a dungeon. And if I get a piece, then great. Sometimes you don't. And, you know, I think you get about 150 tombstones per dungeon, something like that. And for a piece of gear, it ranges anywhere from like 500 to 900-ish tombstones. So it's going to be a long haul for me. And it kind of sucks because I... You know, there, you get to the point where I would, I'll open up the launcher and I'll log in and I'll sit there and I'll like, just remember that, oh, I have to dungeon grind in order to complete this story to get into the expansion. I feel like there's a better way to do it. And if there is, I haven't found it. Uh, I feel like once the expansion comes out and this content is no longer relevant, make it a little bit easier to attain that standard eye level to be able to complete the story to get into the expansion because right now it's like it's taking away my motivation completely and you know i'm gonna do it i just kind of have to get up the motivation to actually want to spend a few hours to a day or two grinding dungeons uh you know and the problem is not the dungeons themselves either uh it's just the queue time for dps and i know this is not this is not square's fault I could play a tank, and actually, I would prefer to play a tank. I've in, in most MMOs, I play tank. It's what I like to do. The only problem is they made the Dragoon class so damn badass that it's like, I don't want to play anything else. I don't want to play a Paladin. I don't want to play a Warrior. I like the Dragoon as a class. So here's my, my solution. Uh, Square Enix, give me a tanking spec for my Dragoon. I'll play tank. I think a lot of dragoons would probably end up doing that if you gave them a tanking spec. Uh, it would certainly help with the cues all around. Although you know maybe with the dark knights and stuff now, that's that's going to get a little bit better because uh, that is one class I definitely do want to check out is the dark knight. But you can't get to that until you're in the expansion. Um, but it looks like a fun tanking class. <sighs> so my rage for final fantasy 14 that's you know i haven't really gotten into it i've got the collector's edition got it sitting right here ready to go wanted to play you know and and then i just remembered uh i'm just stuck so i just need to do it just need to suck it up not complain and just get it taken care of because you know like i said everything i've read about the expansion people are just absolutely loving it i think um someone from massively massively overpowered now they they said that this is as close to a perfect MMO expansion as you can get or that anyone's ever gotten. So we'll see. Either way, I can't wait to actually get this done with and to get into the expansion because it just, oh man, it looks so awesome. So anyway, speaking of Dark Knights, it's time to get on to the main discussion topic for this evening. And that is Batman, the Arkham Knight. So I'm going to start off by giving the big spoiler alert warning here. Just to let you guys know, I'm going to be talking about some story stuff. And if you haven't played the game yet, then by all means, do not listen to this. Because uh, I would hate to ruin your experience. Because it is awesome just to let it unfold 
as it does. So jumping right in, uh, let's go over some of the some of the news. It's Batman Arkham Knight caused a big stir in the media when it came out, and not for very good reasons. The biggest thing that people had to complain about, and that was affecting me as well, are the bugs on the PC. And in fact, they were so bad that Steam pulled it. Steam actually pulled this game down, not for sale, and then Warner Brothers decided to do it across the board uh, for the PC. How does this happen? How does a game, a AAA game like this that has so much money and development and all that stuff, uh, come out just so awfully buggy? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I feel like, I don't know if Rocksteady is to blame on this or if Warner Brother Games are blaming this or, uh, you know, who, I don't know who the studio that was in charge of doing the, I guess the, the PC version is a port of the console version. So whoever did that, you know, I don't know. But it's, it's something that I feel like in 2015, we should not be having to deal with anymore. But I feel like it's only getting more prevalent. I feel like with the ability to patch games post-launch, companies are more willing to just try and meet a deadline and then say, well, we'll patch it later. Just get it out the door. We need to make our money, you know, and that's the wrong way to do it. I mean, I, I feel like people will be a lot more forgiving if you wait, take, tell, you know, just be open with the people transparent talk to them and say hey look we're, we we got random some issues with this game the final testing we want to make sure that it's a, a flawless fun experience for you guys we're going to delay it three weeks a month whatever until we get this thing perfect it's one of the reason why blizzard games are always so polished when they come out uh granted you know the the launch of the original world of warcraft was a disaster uh <laughs> But I don't feel like that had to do with so much of the game as opposed to the ridiculous amount of people that were not expected to be playing that when it came out. But anyways, going off track. So game companies need to start shaping up. They need to realize that people want to play a finished product. They don't want bugs. They don't want to spend their money on crap that is just being pushed out to meet a deadline. It's not fair to us. We're, we're paying you know, our 50, 60 bucks, whatever it is, we deserve something that's finished. I mean, how would you feel if you ordered a meal and it came out and it was like partially frozen? Yeah, you could send it back, reheat it, but that kind of sucks, you know? So no, they need to, they need to get these things done and put them out the door. Uh, so as far as some of the bugs, at least the ones that I've noticed, and, and actually I think I've been very fortunate and I haven't had a lot of problems. I've had a few crash to desktops. I've had a few problems where my screen will just go gray and I'll have to do like a hard restart on my computer. And yes, I have you know most updated uh, video card drivers and all that stuff. The biggest issue though that I've been having is uh, anytime I, I call the Batmobile and start getting into some Batmobile action. And if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you'll see what I'm talking about. But every once in a while, the frame rate will just completely crush like it'll go down to a slideshow, like one frame a second sometimes to where it's, it just, it looks like a picture. It's just frozen, you know, and it'll stay that way for three to five seconds and then it'll slowly catch up with itself. It's almost like it's buffering or something, you know? Um, and then it's fine, you know, for a while. And then 
I can drive around the Batmobile, no problem, all that stuff. But if I get into some action, some tanks cruise up on me, something like that, it'll crush again for a few minutes and or a few seconds and then go back to normal and then I can continue to play. I've never died from it. I've never even come close to dying from it. So for the most part, because honestly, the game is so good, I just played through it. Um, I didn't. I didn't let it bother me too much. And so it's just one of those things. Yeah, I could have waited. I mean, I know they, they have a plan to fix it and to patch it out and all that stuff. But, you know, at least for what I was experiencing, it wasn't super bad. Now, going into the story of this game, and this is where the spoilers are going to come in. It is one of the best stories of a game. Like, it is so good. Uh, first off, the main villain is the Scarecrow. And, of course, I mean, he is... As far as Batman stuff goes, because I'm a big Batman fan, he is absolutely has always been one of my favorite villains, even in like Batman the Animated Series, just because of the amount of just what he does, you know, just with the fear toxin and just terrifies people and drives them mad. It's as far as villains go, I mean, he's terrifying and that's awesome. It makes it for a very good villain. I like the Joker, um, but sometimes it's a little too kooky. You know, a little bit too wacky for me. That's it's okay though. He's still good. But you know, I was really, really excited when I saw that that Scarecrow was playing a huge villain uh, role in this game. The other villain, of course, is the Arkham Knight, who is um, like a mercenary. He's got an army of robotic tanks and helicopters, and uh, basically a whole army of people, and they've marched on Gotham to come and take out the Batman. And suspiciously, he happens to know everything about you as Batman. He knows your identity. He knows your correspondence. He knows all of your tech. He knows your techniques. He knows everything. Very suspicious. But I'll get into that a little bit later. So the main the main kind of uh, point of this the Arkham Knight story uh, is is Batman's descent into madness. If you've played Batman Arkham City and you played it all the way through, you know at the end of that game, um, basically the story of that game is Joker is sick. He's been he's got some kind of uh, illness in his blood. Partway through the game, he injects you as Batman with his blood, and you're now sick and you're looking for the cure. And that's you know that's the point of that game. Uh, at the end of that game, you end up drinking half the cure, and as you're going to give the other half to Joker to cure him, he stabs you, you drop the vial, it breaks, and he dies. Joker dies, end of Arkham City. That's it. So Batman Arkham Knight picks up with the uh, funeral pyre of the Joker. He's getting cremated, all that stuff. <clears throat> and then all hell breaks loose with Scarecrow and the Arkham Knight. And uh, it all goes from there. So one of your first run-ins with the Scarecrow, Batman gets hit with a dose of fear toxin. And then from that point on, he starts to see the Joker, starts hallucinating the Joker. And, and they did it in such a cool way to where you'll walk through an area and say it's a dead end. So you go to turn around to go out where you came in, and all of a sudden Joker's sitting on a bench off to the left and he just starts talking to you so it's almost like he's your little jiminy cricket he's like your conscience and he's just kind of narrating scenes to you uh adding a lot of color commentary to scenarios 
and it's done so well at just perfect timing. Um, of course, Mark Hamill as the Joker, it, it, he is the best Joker of any version. And so it was great to have him back, even though he doesn't really play a villain role in this game. He sort of does. He kind of plays uh, the little devil on your shoulder. He's always trying to drive you a little crazy, always trying to push you to do bad things or make the wrong choice. And uh, it's great. It's really, really great the way they did it. One thing that this game does that some of the other Batman games also haven't done is it it goes really dark, like really, really dark. Uh, as far as going into the whole time when uh, when the Joker paralyzed uh, Batgirl, Barbara Gordon shot her in her apartment. They go into the brutal torture and quote murder of one of Batman's Robins, Jason Todd, at the hands of the Joker. And that kind of leads into the Arkham Knight. They started hinting towards this early on in the game. Just with the way, when you have your run-ins with the Arkham Knight, the way he talks to you, he's got a, a serious grudge against you. Um, he's very angry, and he knows everything about you. It's kind of, uh, it's very suspicious, you know? He knows, he, like I said, he knows everything. And then comes a scene where you are in a theater. And you're walking through this theater. You're trying to recover some other people who have been infected by Joker's blood that you were, Batman was previously trying to have cured. And as you're walking through this theater, you're kind of hallucinating a little bit. And you start to see the, what the Joker had done to Jason Todd by tormenting him, by torture, by convincing him that Batman is the reason why he is suffering, that Batman has simply moved on, didn't care about him, got a new Robin to take his place. You know, all the while he's beating him and burning him and carving in his face and, you know, just it's awful. It's really, really grim, grim story. And it was at that point where I realized that this this can't be randomly in here for no other reason. This uh, this is going to be the Arkham Knight. It's going to be Jason Todd, and this is going to be their way of introducing the Red Hood. Now, if you don't know, Jason Todd really did not die at the hands of the Joker. He did come back as the Red Hood. And, you know, as soon as they started putting that in there, I mean, I have my suspicions earlier, like this guy is probably a former Robin. Uh, you know, because there's Nightwings in the game. He was the first Robin, Dick Grayson. And then the current Robin in the game is uh, Tim Drake. So, you know, I just, I have my feelings like this. I'll bet it's Jason Todd. And then sure enough, it comes out, it is. And this is their way of Im Im implementing the Red Hood. And it's cool. I mean, it's done well. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed in, in that, <laughs> that I was able to kind of guess it so early in the game. Um, there might've been some stuff that was just a little too on the nose cause I'm sure it was meant to be like this big, <gasps> Oh my God. You know, I can't believe it kind of moment. But when it happened, I was like, eh, that's what I figured, you know? And it was a little bit of a letdown, but not to take anything away from the game from that. I mean, it was just such an amazing game. So, so awesome to, to go through. Um, so 
as far as what I've completed in Arkham Knight, I've gone all the way through the main story. I've completed a lot of the side missions. Um, the only things I have left, I've you know, there's a, there's a few side missions with the Penguin, and a few side missions with uh, Harvey Dent, Two Face. I've got some of those to complete left, and I've got a <laughs> there's like 250 Riddler challenges to do. Uh, I want 100% it because there is a a true ending to the game once you 100% it. And yeah, I kind of went and spoiled myself and I watched it after I beat the main story because I wasn't convinced I was going to go 100% it. And I'm still not convinced I'm going to 100% it, but um, the true ending of the game, I mean, it's just, it's great. It's so good. So I kind of just want to do it to do it. So, I don't know. Um, you know, another part of the game I really like, and and a lot of people kind of don't like, or at least the, the vocal minority don't say they don't like, or maybe majority, I don't know, uh, is is the whole Batmobile stuff. I mean, yeah, of course, when when you're playing on PC and your frames get crushed to like one or two frames a second for a few seconds, like that sucks, obviously. But the rest of the Batmobile stuff, I thought was fun. Um, I mean, I don't mind the fact that a lot of these Riddler challenges are uh, Batmobile race courses that you kind of have to figure out. Uh, it's kind of fun to me. The tank mode in that thing is awesome. Just strafing and shooting and you know blowing up drones and all that. The only thing I will say about it is that, yeah, some of those uh, tank missions can go on a little too long. When you're sitting there for five minutes and having to just blow up tanks nonstop, like that kind of is a little bit overboard. But for the most part, it's fun. It's fun trying to figure out how to get this thing up onto rooftops and, you know, get, try to, you know, you're trying to complete these missions and all this stuff. And you got to use the, the winch to kind of pull yourself up or to, to bend things so that you can launch off it like a ramp. And I feel like it was implemented very well. It's, it's really fun to just go full bore through the city in that thing, drifting around corners and stuff. I don't mind it at all. Not one bit. So if for some reason you haven't played Arkham Knight and you decided to listen to this giant spoiler cast anyways, uh, well, I'm sorry if I spoiled the game and ruined it for you. However, I do think you should definitely go pick it up and still play it because it is just a fun game to play through. Uh, compared to the other Arkham games, it's so fluid. All of the motions in that game, all of the just action and fighting and and gadgets and everything i mean it just it just works so well i feel like it's so much more fluid than um than the other arkham games uh you know i i went back because before when i got arkham knight i had to go back and actually finish arkham city turned out i was only about an hour away from doing that so that was cool and and just you know the transition from arkham city to arkham knight in the like the fluidity of combat is just it it feels very very different um not well not i wouldn't say very different but it feels different enough to where you notice it and in a very good way so anyways now that this game is over it's going to be interesting to see what rocksteady has to do next because according to them i mean this is their last arkham game uh, a lot of people are speculating oh maybe they're going to do a superman game or something or I, you know who knows i don't know um uh, Hopefully they get this thing fixed on the PC. Number one priority, get that thing fixed. 
and then I'm really looking forward to whatever they do next. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know it was kind of a, a little bit of a grouchy cast, but that's okay. You can't all be uh, happy and ponies and, you know, teddy bears and stuff. So anyways, uh, be sure to check out the website, dingingout.com, D-I-N-G-O-U-T.com. Find me on Twitter or twitch.tv at SandboxQuint. And of course, if you want to talk to me, send me an email, sandboxquint at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you back in a couple weeks.